Now, Birdsong, fun and fascinating talk about the top stories in today's headlines. Birdsong may just be the most qualified talk show host in the business, thanks to his many careers in law, government, and education. Here's your host, Leonard Birdsong. Hello, folks. This is Birdsong, back with you for another week on the radio. I love being here, and today I have a friend of mine, Miss E.J., is a nice lady who who stopped by, and she may comment on some of the things I say. I usually start with the good, the bad, and the ugly of the news, and so we'll certainly do that today. There will be some dumb criminal law stories, some riddles, and we have a guest. Our guest is the one who created the golden scissors, the giant scissors that they use at grand openings. But right now, let's start with the news, the good of this past week is that President Trump reversed his policy of separating children from their parents at the border. Yeah, that was a good thing. Also, the U.S. Border Patrol will no longer refer migrant parents who cross into the United States illegally with children to federal courthouses to face criminal charges. Now, this all comes about one day after President Trump signed an executive order ending the administration's widely denounced practice of separating parents and children who illegally cross the border. Trump wants a zero-tolerance policy. The Justice Department now, a Justice Department spokesman denied changes to the zero-tolerance policy. However, the Border Patrol and senior people there say they will no longer send parents who arrive with their children to federal court. They don't have enough room to keep them. Now, that's some good news. Here's some other good news. And why do you think they stopped sending the these people to the federal court? Because they don't have a place to detain them all, and the court does not have enough judges right now to hear these cases on an expeditious calendar. And these are misdemeanors. No, well, what's happened is that they were misdemeanors. Just crossing the board illegally was misdemeanors, but the attorney general said two months ago, we're now going to charge them with felonies, which means they have to go to federal court. But before you can get to federal court, you got to hold them someplace, and they've run out of space. So now they're going to go back to charging them just with misdemeanors. Okay. Here's some more good news. Police will now need a warrant to track suspects' movements through cell phone data. The Supreme Court ruled on that last Friday, saying that the devices are now so ubiquitous, they're basically a feature of human anatomy. The digital records weren't previously considered private because users voluntarily gave the data to telecommunications companies. But in a five to four decision, the majority of the justices agreed that uh, phones are now a pervasive and insistent part of daily life. A cell phone, they said, follows its owner beyond the public into private residences, doctor's offices, political headquarters, and other potentially revealing locales. The, the chief, bathroom. Yeah, and into the bathroom. <laughs> the Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the decision, and uh, he uh, was joined by liberal members of the court, Ruth J. 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Alega, Elena Kagan. The court decision, of course, is limited to ordinary police investigations, and police will still be able to obtain records without a warrant in an emergency. Got that? Yes. All right. I know you're not completely happy about it. I know you are a, I know you are a crime fighter. <laughs> All right, let's go on to some bad or sad news, at least in this instance. So when they file uh, for a warrant, can they l- look at records from the past, historical records? Probably not. They have to have they, ha- they have to have probable cause that, you know, there was a crime committed. And probable cause means generally they have something that is current saying that this was done. Right. And so what I'm saying is that can they go backwards? Can they look at information, go backwards and find that they went to this location or they went to that location? Well, from what I can understand, no. The warrant would say they'd have to get the warrant before they can do that kind of thing. Right. Okay. All right. On to some bad news or sad news, whichever way you want to take it. You may learn or you may hear, you may have heard that Coco the gorilla who learned sign language died at 46 this past year. Coco the gorilla, whose remarkable sign language ability and motherly attachment to pet cats helped change the world's view about the intelligence of animals and their capacity for empathy. Coco was taught sign language from an early age as a scientific test. And she eventually learned more than 1,000 words, a vocabulary similar to that of a human toddler. Well, she, when she started teaching her, she was one year old. That's right. Just like a child. Right. She became a celebrity, celebrity rather, who played with the likes of William Shatner, Sting, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robin Williams, and Mr. Rogers. In so doing, Coco showed the American public that a giant ape didn't have to be scary, but wanted to be tickled and hugged. Now, she also wanted to be a mother. That's right, but she was never a mother. You told me that they put her together with males, but there just wasn't any chemistry there, right? Right, so I think the kittens replaced uh, the children that she couldn't have. It would have been interesting to see if she had children whether she was going to teach them sign language. We'll never know, but that's a good thought. Coco's real name was Hanabi Ko. That's Japanese for fireworks child. She was born on July 4th, 1971 at the San Francisco Zoo. Poor Coco. All right. Another bad story. And I don't know really what to make of this. Last week, First Lady Melania Trump left the country baffled and concerned when she wore a trendy jacket with a bizarre message on the back that read, quote, I really don't care, do you? She Ooh. wore this as she traveled to meet detained migrants, migrant children in Texas. The 48-year-old ex-model was seen walking up the steps of a government jet, walking up the steps of a government jet in the $39 hooded olive green Zara jacket to start her journey to the U.S. border. And then she wore it again while deplaning upon a return. Now, we don't know what it was really about. Her spokesman says there's no message there. What do you think? Uh, I don't get it. She's a woman. She's first lady. 
and she's a former model. That's right. She couldn't have just grabbed any old coat to to uh, to wear. She wouldn't have spent so little amount of money. She wouldn't be caught dead in something worth only $39. She borrowed that from somebody else. And she would be very particular about what she wore well, as a former model, as the first lady. So I think uh, somebody wanted her to send a message. Was it her husband? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Okay, Must then. Must be. <laughs> All right. We, we may find out. It's probably some kind of distraction. Distraction, right. They wanted her to commute, to confuse people. For her supporter to say, see, she doesn't really care about those children and and uh, would hope that fake news, what they call fake news, would cover that and not focus on the work she was trying to do or the message she was trying to communicate by visiting those children. Okay, we will find out hopefully in the future. Let's move on to some ugly here. It was good that the president did away with separating children from their parents at the border. But the day after President Donald Trump claimed he had acted to keep migrant families together, the fate of more than 2,300 children held in custody, separate from their parents, and that of future asylum-seeking families remained unclear. As officials in Washington scrambled to develop a plan to reunite immigrant families, administration lawyers went to federal court in Los Angeles seeking a change in the previous rulings about how long children could be held. Now, what we don't know is what kind of plan the government has to reunite these children. You told me, EJ, that, you know, when babies are born, they usually put a bracelet on them with their name and the name of the parents. Our government, I don't think, did anything like that. Supposedly, they all have A numbers. Anyone in the immigration system has what's called an A number. It means uh, an admission administration number. But again, it's an ugly story. We've got more than 2,000 children who have not been reunited with their family. And the question is, will they ever be reunited? What an ugly story. That is ugly. And it's Trump's way of communicating to anybody considering coming to the U.S. to think long and hard about whether they want to risk losing their children. But that's not a humanitarian way of doing it, I'll tell you that. Okay, I've been involved with a lot of immigration and asylum things. Most countries don't do this. Well, Trump's not a humanitarian. His issue is America first, even though America means more than just keeping people out. Doesn't mean keeping people out. All right. Being humanitarian. Well spoken. There's more ugly. President Trump on this past Sunday explicitly advocated depriving undocumented immigrants of their due process rights, arguing that people who cross the border into the United States illegally must immediately be deported without a trial. And this sowed confusion among Republicans who've been trying to work out a new immigration plan. This is more ugly. They want to now take away due process rights. Our Constitution says that anyone in the United States custody has a right to due process. Now, if it's a criminal matter, you get the Sixth Amendment. You get a lot of 
kinds of due process. You don't get it all with immigration, but you do have a right to a hearing. I don't think we want to go down that slippery slope of taking away due process in our immigration system. This is ugly, and I hope that this will not take. This has been Birdsong with my friend EJ. Stick with us. We've got more to come. This is Birdsong. I'm here on the radio, and I've got my friend EJ with me. We've got some dumb criminal law stories for you now. Our first story comes from France. My friend EJ loves France. As a matter of fact, she speaks some French pretty well. Here's the headline. Hey, baby, you so fine. It's been reported that men who catcall women on the street could be fined up to $435 in France under a new legislative proposal. Lawmakers contend that rowdy men who holler loudly, whistle, or ask for phone numbers in public should be slapped with the, quote, sexual contempt citation they propose. Hey, baby, you so fine. Has <laughs> anyone did that to you when you were in Paris? I know you've been to Paris a number of times. No, those must be uh, immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> I know they did that to me here in the U.S. when you walk by a construction site. Yeah. Well, that's this, harassment. That is harassment. The next story comes. They should have been fined. The next story comes <laughs> from Georgia. Pure animal cruelty, says the headline. A man was arrested recently for allegedly force feeding a goat cocaine and whiskey. Sergio Guzman, a 28-year-old horse trainer, was caught on camera holding the goat's horns while a pal shoved the drug in its nostrils at a ranch in Gwinnett County, police said. We learned that the goat was taken to a vet and later adopted. Pure animal cruelty, right? Sure, he might have gotten the habit. (laughs) Expensive. That is. All right, this next one comes from... Illinois. The headline just reads, Hot Sauce. A lady contends her ex-boyfriend ransacked her home, dousing it in what appears to be hot sauce. When the lady returned home after being out for several hours, she found her home totally messed up, with furniture overturned, according to the police report. It is also It also appeared that someone had taken what could have been hot sauce and poured it all over the walls and the mattress in the bedroom, reads the police report. Hmm. Was there a message here? Hotsy-totsy. <laughs> <laughs> this next story is from Italy, folks. The headline for this one. Snail mail fail. 
We learn that a lazy Italian postman was recently arrested for stashing nearly a half ton of undelivered mail in his garage. The 56-year-old postman was caught hoarding letters, utility bills, and bank statements, some of which were more than eight years old, police say. Workers at a recycling center reported him to police after he allegedly dropped off 25 large yellow containers full of unopened letters. Snail mail fail. Yep. Well, at least he was recycling. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This story is from Kansas. Headline, pay up or go to jail. A lady allegedly made more than 50 withdrawals from a faulty ATM machine that was dispensing what? $100 bills instead of fives. The Central National Bank in Wichita, Kansas, filed a lawsuit against Christina Ochoa, alleging that she knew the ATM was overpaying. It wants her to pay back how much? $11,600 plus interest. Wow. Wow. All right, we have some more stories here. This one is from Michigan. You know, people do some dumb things. I mean, these these stories, they are, they're true. They never go away. Well, the that lady there, she should have known she was being videotaped. Yeah, well... <laughs> At the ATM. They're not smart. That's why we catch them. His pest control bombed, says the headline. It's been reported that a Detroit man accidentally destroyed his home after he used a smoke bomb in an effort to get rid of a pesky skunk in his basement. Unfortunately, the smoke bomb led to a raging fire in the man's rental home that quickly spread to the first floor and through all the walls and the attic. However, the worst part? Fire officials said no skunk carcass was found in the debris. (laughs) His pest control bomb. (laughs) That's horrible. (laughs) New Jersey. The headline on this one read, wait, wait, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Leonard Gresham, a former Newark mailman, pled guilty in early February of this year to taking nearly $15,000 in bribes to deliver packages containing illegal drugs. Gresham, 50, admitted intercepting and personally dropping off the parcels, authorities said. He's going to jail. Prison. Yeah, it was his side job. Yeah, that's right. All right, now here's one. Entrepreneurial. Yep, yep, yep. This one is from New York City. Mm-hmm. I remember that old song. Teach took a bite out of the kid, says the headline. A substitute teacher in Brooklyn could not stop a five-year-old from sinking his teeth into the teacher, so she bit him back. That's according to prosecutors. Her name, Siobhan Johnson, 37, is facing felony assault charges for allegedly biting the boy's upper arm while supervising his classroom in PS 66. She told the child to stop, and he did not. So she bit back. The prosecutor stated this at Johnson's arraignment. But what else was she to do, countered her defense counsel. He bites teachers regularly, said the defense counsel. Does she need to wait until he bites off a piece of her flesh? We learned that Johnson was overseeing a class of emotionally disabled children at the time of the event. Mm -hmm. Miss Johnson was released without bail and is due back in court this March. Well, March has passed now. We wonder what happened to her. 
Finally for today, North Carolina. How about this for irony? Another true story from dumb criminals. It's been reported that Good Samaritans stopped to help a man get his truck out of a ditch. However, it turned out that they did a big favor for themselves. How so? They noticed in the truck items that had earlier been stolen from the auto parts store where they all worked. <laughs> they called police and the 27-year-old suspect was arrested. Those are our dumb criminal law stories for today. These stories never go away. Mm-mm-mm. Now I have some riddles for you. And let's see, they're easy ones. See if you can figure them out. I'll give you the answer at the end of the show. What do you get when you cross a frog and a rabbit? What do you get when you cross a frog and a rabbit? Dinner? No, we'll find out at the end of the show. Second riddle. What was Shakespeare's favorite plant? What was Shakespeare's favorite plant? You know that one? Uh, no, I don't. Well, think about it. You've gotten to the end of the show. The I la- haven't read Shakespeare since high school. Oh, well, most of us haven't. Here's the last one, the third one. What do you cow call, what do you call a cow with a twitch? What do you call a cow with a twitch? Those are our riddles for this week. They're easy. I'll come back at the end of the show and tell you the answers. Of course, you may have figured them out. This is Birdsong. We have more for you. I'm here with my friend EJ. Stick with us. You'll like what you hear. Back with you. This is Birdsong. You hear me on the radio. I have a guest today. Her name is uh, Kimberly Baith. She uh, is from Iowa. She grew up there. She attended Iowa State University. And she is now the president and the originator of what's called Golden Openings, the original grand opening superstore. And she's the lady who originated the giant scissors that people use at openings and things like that. Kimberly will tell us how she came up with this idea for the golden scissors. But right now, I just want to tell you that uh, she has been uh, in marketing for a number of years. Her company has shipped hundreds of packages, and uh, she's shipped things to six of the seven continents of the world. She's worked with and done events for the White House, for Oprah, for Disney, Lady Gaga, Apple, Google, Microsoft. She's also won some awards. She's a small businesswoman of the year for the National Association 
Woman Business Owners of Iowa in 2018. Also, she was the National Enterprising Woman of the Year for Enterprising Women's Magazines. Kimberly, thanks for coming on Birdsong. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. We met at the end of 2017 at a conference, and uh, you had some interesting things to say, and I thought you might be a good person to come on the radio. I think we all know about the giant scissors that people use at these openings. This was your idea. Tell us about how you got into this. That's correct. Uh, I worked at a chamber of commerce out of college, and my job was to coordinate the free ribbon cuttings that our chamber would offer people. So my boss told me to take my little scissors off my desk and a little thin ribbon, something like you'd wear in your hair, and go out and make (laughs) it happen. So I thought it was kind of funny how excited all the business owners would get with this ceremony and all of the little props that we had. Sometimes the mayor would come, sometimes the newspaper would come, sometimes a radio station would show up to cover the event. Sometimes nobody would come at all. There was really no rhyme or reason to it. And so it was obvious that the business owners didn't really have time to coordinate a project like this. And I saw that it was a an amazing opportunity. And I thought that at least there could be some kind of giant scissors out there to make this ritual come to life or add some kind of wow factor. So I thought, you know, this could be a really good business opportunity. So I decided to join the chamber. I gave my two-week notice, and I launched Golden Openings in 1997. And I had asked my dad to make me a pair of two giant three-foot scissors out of wood, and they had ingeniously placed razor blades on them, so at least they cut. And that was kind of the golden ticket, so to speak, uh, because everyone in Minnesota wanted to buy a pair. The chambers were all calling to rent ours, you know, and um, everyone wanted their own logo on them. They wanted their own pair, and they were actually kind of dangerous because you could get cut. (laughs) because the razor blades weren't exactly safe. Your mother always said, don't run with scissors for sure, huh? Waiting to happen. So we finally made them into a prototype and an AutoCAD drawing, and they became the first stainless steel scissors that really cut, which were much safer. And that's when the whole business took off. You know, I really started just doing events and renting my wood scissors, a banner, and, you know, getting people the cake, the press release, everything they needed for their event. And it turned into now a product business that has over 10,000 products for all ceremonies, you know, not just ribbon cuttings, groundbreakings, keys to the city, um, anything you need, grand openings, uh, giant light switches that turn on an entire Christmas town ceremony, you know, wow. and then do the event. Well, that's great. Well. Let, let me ask you this, Kimberly. Um, where are the the giant scissors made now? Uh, some of them we have made in China overseas. We have several partners over there, and they come in big batches, you know, anywhere from 500 to 1,000 at a time. Uh, wow. We do have them made also in Iowa. At uh, He's actually a, a relative of ours is who made the very first pair, and um, it's a manufacturing company. And at Easter, I was kidding, and that's how our first one started, is I said, can't you make me a giant pair of these? And I was holding a pair of scissors. And he has since passed away of brain cancer. Uh, we mm. did a big cutting out cancer event for him at our office and raised $25,000 for John Stoddard Cancer um, in his memory. And it was an amazing event because we always give back to the community as well. And um, his son is now running the company. 
he actually has two sons, so it's, it's, it's actually a happy story, but it was very sad at the time. And he actually believed in my story and my dream and helped make the first scissors come to life. So we still get quite a few products from them, but he actually is the one that told me, you know, you can probably buy five for the price of one, unfortunately, as fast as you're going through these, kiddo. You know, I'm going to be the first one to tell you. I'll tell you what to get from us, and I'll tell you what to get from China. So he actually was a mentor of mine and kind of guided me um, and advised me what to buy where. And it's really great to have a mentor. Now you've been doing this for 20 years. You going to keep it up? Oh, yes. I have big visions, big dreams. Uh, Last year we were the U.S. Chamber's Small Business of the Year as well. And we also received their Community Champion Award. So that even motivated me more to wake up every day uh, with new visions, new values, new missions. I just finished a book for Gorilla Marketing, uh, Gorilla Grand Openings. It'll be out this fall. Uh, I'm coordinating programs on not only, you know, once you have your grand opening open, what happens next? How do you keep the momentum going? So I'm setting up a small business, you know, what happens next? Kind of course. Will your, biz- will your business, will your book be on Amazon? Well, I hope so. Right. That's well, good. The goal. <laughs> so people can find it. Well, or they'll just go to my website and buy it direct. Maybe I can make more money that way. What is your website? Goldenopenings.com. Okay. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, that's what they should do. They should go to your website. Absolutely. I'm available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You can reach me at my cell phone, 515-473-2585, goldenopenings.com. I have a speaker website that's Kimberly-based. If you need me to speak at your event, do that as well. And uh, any of our sales team can be reached at sales at goldenopenings.com. And if you just have any general questions about anything, awards or business or you know, beyond, I'm happy to mentor you as well. All right. God bless you, Kimberly. Thank you for coming oh, on Birdsong. You. Keep up the good work. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, folks. That was Kimberly Baith, young lady I met uh, early, late last year, and she's the president of Golden Openings. She has the giant scissors. She came up with the idea. We've all seen them. This is Birdsong. We have more for you. Stick with us. Birdsong back with you. I have my friend EJ here today. The humanitarian crisis involving immigrant children at the U.S.-Mexico border has been, among other things, laid bare. There have been a lot of falsehoods about immigration. I'm here to tell you some of the truth. There is a belief that's being spread by the administration that undocumented immigrants are flooding into the United States. 
Have you heard that, EJ? Yes. However, in fiscal year 2017, apprehensions of immigrants entering illegally at the southwest border were actually the lowest in 46 years. Apprehensions are up about 12% right now in this current physical year. But if the pace holds for the remainder of the year, we'll close out 2018 with the fourth lowest number of illegal immigration apprehensions in at least four decades. That is the truth about undocumented immigrants. They're not flooding in. It hasn't changed that much. So the flooding in was fake news. Could be. Also, there's talk about undocumented immigrants bringing in crime. The truth is just the opposite. A large body of social science literature has demonstrated that immigrants, legal or otherwise, commit crime at lower rates than native-born Americans. The Cato Institute found evidence that undocumented immigrants are more likely to commit certain crimes, but not others. However, they do not do more crimes than United States citizens. That's the truth. Another truth. They say that immigrants take our jobs and lower our wages. Not true. Again, there have been studies that show there's little effect of immigration on employment of natives to the United States. No, the immigrants are not taking our jobs. Finally, people say that immigrants, both legal and illegal, are a drain on our economy. Again, this is not true. Generally, immigrants help our economy and keep it going. Our country is aging. Sometimes you need younger people to come in and keep things going. So basically my my words here show that immigration is good for a country's economic growth. I'm tired of people demagoguing immigration. Any thoughts, EJ? Yes. (laughs) I thought you might have something to say. Go on, say it. Well, when you see landscaping being done, it's often by immigrants. Okay, is something wrong with that? What about jobs for Americans who do landscaping? There are plenty of them that do. Well, I don't see them. Open your eyes. Let me ask you this. There used to be places where you'd have a group of laborers, day laborers, and they would be immigrants, often undocumented and people would drive by there and hire people by the day. That's right. That's because corporations and businesses want people. They can't find reputable workers, so they go to people who sometimes are undocumented. And what? They can pay them lower wages. But time is running here. Let me ask you, 
Do you have any idea of the number of Americans who say that immigration is the country's biggest problem? Do you have any idea? I have no idea. Well, most people don't. In May of 2018, only 10% of our population thought that immigration was a major problem. This month, in June, 14% think that immigration is a big problem. This is a, from a poll taken by Gallup during this past week. You think it has something to do with it being on the news of, every day? Of course. 24-7? Of course, and there's a lot of fake news about how bad our immigration system is. I can't go further, but now I could talk about immigration all day. I've worked with it for 40 years. But here are the answers to the riddles. EJ, are you ready? Ready. What do you get when you cross a frog and a rabbit? Dinner. Nope, you get a bunny ribbit. When you cross a frog and a rabbit, you get a bunny ribbit. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, second one. What was Shakespeare's favorite plant? What was Shakespeare's favorite plant? Cactus? Nope. A poet tree ha, 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 ha. <laughs> all right the last one. I t- one well i told you they're easy what do you call a cow with a twitch what do you call a cow with a twitch i don't know what do you call a cow with a twitch beef jerky <laughs> this is birdsong okay. having a little fun with my friend ej here let me give you my thought for today as i do let others lead small lives but not you let others argue over small things but not you let others cry over small hurts but not you Let others leave their future in someone else's hands, but not you. This is Birdsong. We'll be back with you next week. I love being here with you on the radio. Stay tuned to Birdsong. Birdsong.